Welcome to The Messy Studio with Rebecca Kroll, the podcast at the intersection of art, travel, entrepreneurship, philosophy, and life in general. I am Ross Tickner, Rebecca's producer, media guru, and her son. On today's show, we're going to be talking about creative problem solving and how you can kind of bring that creative process into uh, solving problems. Um, so it's, uh, it's a topic that I think is pretty interesting and it's pretty complex actually. Um, it's required a little bit of research. So um, with me as always is Rebecca Kroll. Hello everyone. So yeah, we, we initially were sitting around thinking about, you know, topics for the podcast and thought about problem solving. And I did not realize that there actually is a system. It was, it's a, it's a formal process that was first kind of brought into being in the 1950s by these two people, Alex Osborne and Sidney Parnes. And so I did a little reading online and I found an interesting website. It's on, um, it's a website by Jeffrey Baumgartner. And he actually describes a number of steps that you can go through addressing a problem. And this can be a large or small problem or issue in your mind. And I guess it it was interesting because I thought uh, problem solving was basically sort of intuitive. You know, I mean, I think that's how a lot of us solve problems. We we mull them over and we come at it in different directions and so on. And eventually we, we decide what we're going to do. But a lot of times you can get stuck. And I think we all know that. You you can have something that you want to figure out and you just you just go around in circles with it, right? So uh, I went to this website and I I looked at, um, and we'll put this website uh, on, online so you can see it. And you might even want to pull it up while you're listening to the podcast so you can kind of follow along the various steps that are described. But it really is, a, it's quite a, a well-described process. And so the the very first step in the process is to clarify and identify the problem. And so I thought what would be interesting for the podcast was to pick a problem that an artist would have. And but you can apply this to anything, I guess. So I thought about art business and so on. And so using the basic steps that are given on, on this website, um, I'm going to start with a question of or the problem that somebody might think which would be, I need more income from my art. Okay, I want to make more money from my artwork. And that's certainly a basic issue and problem that a lot of people have. And so the first thing, according to um, this uh, outline, is to ask yourself a series of why questions. And basically, why do I want or need this thing? And it's it's meant to clarify and expand on your basic idea, your basic problem. So um, I thought of some examples of that. So why do I need more income from my art? And one thing, you know, these are all pretty basic because I, I can't support my art activities on my current income, for example. And then you're encouraged to say, oh, okay, that's one thing. Um, yeah, got some more. Why else? Why else is it important? Uh, because I don't like my day job, because I, I don't like putting all my time into something that it doesn't further my career, um, because I, I'd rather be in the studio, because I feel like my art is worthy of a wider audience, uh, because selling my work would help me feel like a real artist. These are all things that are sort of supporting the idea of why do I want more income from my work, right? And then... 
the you're also encouraged to ask other clarifying questions, such as, how would you benefit if you can figure out this problem? Well, obviously, you make more money, uh, be able to support your art habit, <laughs> buy your supplies, uh, pay your studio rent, and so on. Um, you might also think, well, if I had more income from my artwork, maybe I could I could quit my day job. I could have more studio time. I could develop my work more. Uh, another question um, that you might ask to clarify the issue is what's in the way? What's preventing you from solving this problem? And it might be that you don't have the focus or the income to to fully rely on an art income, like you're afraid of leaving your day job because you you don't want to give up that income. So those are all things that you can, it's just kind of trying to get a grip on what, um, why you're wanting this and what you think um, would be good about it if you could figure it out. And, and you may think, oh, that's all just self-explanatory, but I think the idea here is to really, you know, really actually write them down and really think about them. And then another question about this uh, to clarify the problem or issue is uh, what what short-term or long-term goals can I set in, in trying to get to this place where I have more income from my art? So, you know, that's going to be very individual, but you might think, well, let's say within two years, I would like to make half my income from my artwork alone. Um, and maybe looking down the road, in 10 years, um, I'd like to have all my income from art alone. And and that's, again, it's very individual. You might set that way differently. You might say next year, I want to be making all my art, inco- all my income from art. And then there's one more step here in this first part of just kind of getting a grip on what it is you want. And that is, what criteria will you eventually use to judge your solutions? And these are things that you're going to come back to later in the process. But for now, you think, okay, I want to make this change. What do I need to judge my answers or, or solutions by? And again, I'm just coming up with, you know, kind of theoretical ideas and answers. But you might think, I need to make financial decisions that are, are sensible, like I don't want to, you know, leave myself high and dry with no income. So I want I want the financial part to be non-threatening. Um, you might also think that you want your decisions uh, to to lead to developing your art career for the future, like you're laying some kind of groundwork here. And you might also think, and I think this is kind of a smart one, um, I need some time to allow the goals to be reached. You know, I know that this is a long process, and I'm not going to judge my solutions on anything that seems like I want it overnight. I have to allow myself some time. And I would I would also say if if you started with the question that I'm using for an example or some other one and you get this far into it and you realize uh, the original issue isn't really working for you, uh, then you can just start over and clarify what that issue might be. And, and the reason I say that is in the example I'm using here, you might get this far and think, you feel blocked and you and you realize, well, maybe you kind of lack confidence in your work. You know, maybe you don't really think you can get more income from your work. Or um, maybe you're just not really at the point of, you know, 
being able to put yourself out there. And I think if that's the case, then just I think even getting this far into the process would help you realize, okay, maybe I need to start over with a different question like or issue, like I need to develop my artwork or I need more confidence in my artwork. And 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 you can use this whole process with any question. So, you know, you can always just kind of abandon this whole thing and say, okay, we're starting over with a more basic issue because I think um, – that. I, I would say, though, that anytime you're setting goals, um, you shouldn't be afraid to set goals that you think are unreasonable, mm. um, you know, especially with things like financial goals. Um, you know, I always tell people 10x your goals, you know, set a goal that you think is unachievable. And then even if you don't reach that goal, you'll probably get further than you thought was possible. Yeah, I, I think and that's true. I, I think that that's important when you're setting goals is not to not to put yourself in a situation where you're putting yourself down and you're thinking, oh, well, that's I'm not going to set that goal because I want to set a goal that I can actually achieve. Don't I, don't be afraid to set a goal that you don't think that you can actually achieve. In, in fact, that's the goal that you should set. <laughs> no, and I, I think that's true. Um, and I think I think when you when we go through the whole process it's it's kind of clear that you would need, like with this particular question, you would need confidence in your work. And it's not like you couldn't think, I still want that goal. I still want that goal of making all my living for my art. But maybe I need to take a step back and say, let's start with confidence in my work. Or let's start with having my work at a point where I feel like this is going to happen. And so it's just kind of a... um an assessment at this point, and I don't think it changes the goals really. You could still have right. I I do think that confidence is something that is is kind of tied to financial success in a big way for a lot of people, though. And and I think so. There's always this like issue of imposter syndrome, and people think that they're never good enough, and you don't want to like let that be something that prevents you from from ever launching. You know, you wanna you wanna be able to like get past that. Yeah. And I, I, yeah. And I think this process could help you do that. I mean, I, it may well be that your work is absolutely fine and ready to be out there, but if you don't feel that way, you're going to have trouble following through with this stuff. So addressing, addressing those feelings is something that you can start with. Um, And it would be a whole different set of questions and a whole different set of plans that would help you get there and help you say, I have confidence in my work and now I'm ready to get it out there. Um, but if you really don't feel that, you know, you have trouble with a lot of this stuff, I think, as, mm-hmm. as we go through the process. So, so that first step is kind of defining where you're at and what you're trying to get at. Um, and the second uh, step in all of this is that you start researching. So you've set your issue, you want to make more income. Um, so gain some knowledge about how that's being done out there, how, how other people are doing it and what the resources are. There's, for this example, anyway, there's so many online resources. I mean, there's lots of art business, um, advice sites and people that are writing all kinds of articles, offering mentoring, et cetera, about the actual process, um, and so learning about what your options are that could help you make an income from your art and, and, and look at what other people are doing, you know, ask other people. Um, but in terms of, you know, making more art income, it's not just one route. And that's probably true for just about anything that, 
you're trying to figure out. And so for for art income, you know, the gallery scene is one way to do it, but it's not the only one, right? So there's, um, you know, art fairs where you personally go and sell your work. There's self-representation, which is becoming more and more popular, where you simply, uh, well, not simply, there's nothing simple about it, but you are the one who's marketing your work online, social media, um, et cetera. Self-promotion is part of it all. And so, you know, because there's so many artists that are interested in getting more income, uh, this is a, there's a lot of stuff out there. And so, Sometimes people ask me about how do you get started making income from your art, and they haven't even actually done this basic reading and this basic research, which is out there, and there's books and websites and people that can help. And so it seems fairly obvious, but that's that's the next step in all this. Get get your footing on what it is that you want to do. Um, and then... I guess you're ready for step number three, which is formulate creative challenges. And these are challenges that are straightforward, kind of one idea challenges. They're not, uh, you know, compound sentences with many different ideas. It's like straightforward. And, and in the example we're using about more art income, one of them might be, how might I get into a, a, a gallery, a new gallery or a gallery in the first place? Um, or if you're taking another route, how might I promote my own work uh, in my own way? It's a self-representation. Another one might be, how can I find an audience that's right for my work? Uh, your work isn't right for every audience. Nobody's is. <laughs> so kind of trying to identify who are the people that would like what you do. Um Another one might be, how can I get the best advice? And I said, there's a lot of stuff out there. So um, how can you kind of figure out what, what works for you? Who, who are the authors or the mentors who seem to be speaking your language? And you can have more than one challenge, but all of these are ways to kind of expand that original idea where I want more art income. And this is challenges like, how can I do this specifically? Because you're kind of putting your finger on it now. Um, and so that one, again, takes some takes some research, takes some maybe talking to people, talking to other artists. It's all gathering background and giving, giving yourself some time for this. I mean, with these big questions, I mean, I think you have to realize it's a long process, okay? It's not something you sit down at your computer one night and you've got all the answers. It's I think it's it probably takes a lot more than that. So the next one, the next step is to generate ideas. And again, you're sort of writing all the stuff down. So it's, you know, somewhere you're making notes about this. So you look at each one of those challenges that you came up with uh, separately. And this is where brainstorming comes in. And I think a lot of people that think about Creative problem solving, brainstorming is the first thing they come up with. Um, I'm going to think of as many ways as I can to do these things. And it's interesting. And I think in this outline here that it's actually the fourth step. <laughs> so you've, you've laid a, a lot of groundwork where now your ideas probably have some, have some uh, merit in terms of they're actually 
you know, could be supported. Although it's also the advice given that, you know, don't censor yourself, just let it flow, come up with a lot of different ideas. And, and what this author suggests is that you take each one of those challenges, like how might I get into a new gallery or how might I promote my work on my own? And you brainstorm them separately and, and you write down as many ideas as you can. Um, even if as you're writing them, you're thinking, Oh, right. Like I'm going to do that. You know, <laughs> like try not to censor yourself, uh, because sometimes you might come up with something that you really can do. And so, and we, I think a lot of us tend to kind of shoot our own ideas down before they even get out of our brains. Right. So, um, and, and this might be done. Yeah. That goes back to that negative self-talk that we've exactly. talked about before. Um, you know, and brainstorming is a good way to get past that that kind of uh, negative voice in your head telling you, oh, I can't do this. I can't do that. Um, you know, even if you don't think you can, you write it down and maybe it develops another idea or maybe upon further introspection, you think, you know what, this is something I can do. Right. And I, I think it's 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 kind of a, it is a challenge to go ahead and write something down that you think is out of line. But uh, when you when you look at it as part of this overall process, things can fall into place, and maybe this thing relates to another thing that is more doable. Um, and one of the suggestions also is that you do this not alone; like do it with somebody else that you trust, that somebody that's not going to shoot down your ideas, but somebody who will be supportive. Even I, I mean, I could even imagine a small group of of artists getting together and doing this. And helping each other think of ideas and, um, you know, a, a kind of a hive brain thing because it is – I think it is hard when you're just doing this out of your own head. Um, well, and the other great thing about doing things like this in a group um, is that it uh, it tends to hold you accountable. Um, yeah. You know, if you, if you come up with some really good ideas, when we get to the, the final kind of action phase of this whole creative problem solving process, um, you know, if you have people around you who are going to say, hey, did you do X? How did that go for you? How did it work? You know, what were your results? Then it, it, it means that you're more likely to actually follow through on action if people, if you know that people are going to be asking you about it. Yeah. And I, I know there are groups of artists that actually do this. Um, and so if you're not part of such a group or you don't know about this, you could get some friends together and and use it, as you say, to be accountable to one another, to brainstorm and be supportive. And I think also you'd have to be quite honest. I mean, if you feel that somebody is not giving the kind of positive support that you need, you'd have to kind of call them on it. It's it's an unconscious response in a lot of people. You say, I'm going to do this thing. And right away, they start thinking, oh, but, oh, but, and it could be your own brain, or it could be another person saying, yeah, but that's probably not realistic. So <laughs> I think you, you know, be selective about who you bring into this. It could just be one other person. That's probably easiest. Um, anyway, there's a lot of stuff, again, online, brainstorming is a whole topic. <laughs> you can Google brainstorming, and you'll get lots of tips and ideas about how to do this. And the, I, I think I already said this, but the website that I was looking at suggested like 50 ideas for each challenge. <laughs> That's a lot. 
um, if you can't come up with 50, that's okay, but no, no holds barred. So, so anyway, that's, that step you've, you've gone through your, your various challenges and you've tried to come up with lots of ideas for each one. Um, and then the next step, I think, gets back to looking at these a little bit more like, how could I actually do these? So the first step is you're not worried about how you're going to do it. You just come up with them. This this step in the process is you take some time with those ideas and look at which ones might group together or be somehow related. So maybe there's more than one thing you can accomplish with, with just one step. Um, and now also, this is interesting. This is when you go back to those initial criteria. If you remember in that first step, um, you were supposed to use criteria to judge your solutions. <laughs> and the ones that I came up with for this particular issue about making more money with your art is um, I need to make sensible financial decisions that are not threatening to my livelihood or my lifestyle. Um, I need to make decisions that will lead to developing my art career in the future. And the last one was I need some time. I need I need this to unfold over time and not expect it to all happen at once. And so now is when you look at your your brainstorming and you consider your brainstorm ideas in light of the criteria because the criteria is important. I mean, that's what, that's how to make sense of this for you. You know, if, if you're not comfortable with making financial decisions that are really risky, um, some of your ideas may, may need to be eliminated. So it's okay to come up with them. Now we're going to look at them and say, okay, which ones can I make work according to the standards that I set for this whole thing. And so um, you, what you do, actually, what this author suggests, this is all very, um, I don't know, pointy, I guess, like very particular. Um, and and this may not be right for you if you're not the kind of person who likes to rate things on a scale of zero to five, but um, assuming you are, then this author suggests that you go through all your ideas, and you use, think of those criteria, and you rate your ideas zero to five. So if something scores really low, then you look at it and say, well, can I change this some way? Can I get it to be more doable? And I thought of the example, well, let's say one of your ideas, one of your brainstorming ideas was um, for getting into a new gallery was to travel all around the country and visit galleries and um and see which which ones seem right to you. And so that would that would definitely score high on furthering your art career, right? Because you really would get a lot of information that way. And you're also you'd have to allow yourself time. That was another criteria for all this travel and whatnot. But Right, but it would be very expensive. <laughs> very low on making sensible financial decisions, right? So there you're like, mm, okay, but you don't throw it out. And that's the point. Like, okay, so how can I take this basic idea of traveling to galleries and make it work according to my need for a good financial decision? And that could be maybe just pick a few locations or maybe you, you choose the ones that are closest to you. Maybe you choose ones where you know somebody that you could stay with or something like that, or you could drive to rather than having to get on an airplane. So 
Um, so those are all ways that you could make that basic idea work. And so I, I think it's really kind of cool because so often we come up with ideas like, well, I mean, you could become blocked at that point. Say, well, unless I can really get around and look at all these galleries, forget it. I can't, you know, that's out of my reach. And that's the point where you might become frustrated and, and throw that idea away. But, okay, how can I make it the same idea work? And so that's what you do as you go through um, your basic ideas. And then you you identify the ones that really score high, that you've been able to to really see how they could work, okay? And and um and they seem realistic all of a sudden it's it's like yes i could do that i can do that and i i will do that which is the next step <laughs> so uh an action plan um and this is again where it becomes difficult right you can sit in your living room and brainstorm and or do it with your friend uh now now it gets down to how you're going to do this stuff um, and so I think motivation becomes the challenge, right? Like, uh, hopefully you've got some exciting things in your mind and you can be motivated, but I think the pitfall is you have a lot of ideas and you start to feel, um, frustrated, blocked. I, I just can't, I, I, I'm giving up. I just can't do all this. I'll go back to my day job and forget about it. Uh, and I, you know, sad, but I know a lot of people get to this point and that's it. You know, I can think of lots of great ideas. So anyway, what this author suggests is a, is a plan, action plan. So you look at your ideas that you've identified the ones that you think are going to work according to your needs. And they're all part of this big idea of getting more income. And then you take each one and you break it down and you break it into baby steps. Again, this is, you know, widely spread advice. Whenever you have a big project, you have to break it down into what can I do right now? What can I do next week? What can I be working on in a broad way at the same time that I'm attending to some details? And as somebody who's followed through on some pretty big plans over time myself, I know this is true. And you have to keep the big picture in mind, but you also have to make sure that you're doing something, a little bit of something constantly as often as you can. And, and it's amazing how it, it starts to really work. So let's go back to that example of visiting galleries. And let's say you decided to visit, you've, you've done your research. Again, that was part of it. So you've identified some locations that you think in this city, let's just pick one. Let's say, Chicago. I think I'd like to have, I think Chicago is nearby and there's lots of galleries there. So this is a potential location. I can drive there. Um, I have a friend I can stay with. So um, you've picked a location and then researching specific galleries in Chicago that you think are, are good fits for you. Again, you've really had to do some reading You've had to look at lots of websites. Maybe you've talked to artists that are in the gallery. And you've figured out the best way to approach a gallery. So they will be different. Different ones are different. Do you need to make an appointment? Um, do you need to start out by sending 
the information that they require when you submit to the gallery. A lot of times it's on the website. They want X number of images. They want your bio, whatever it is they say they want. Maybe you have to call them up and say, I'm interested in applying to your gallery. What should I do? So you figure all that stuff out. You figure out how you're going to get there. Like I said, maybe uh, you, it's a place you can drive. You have a friend. If not, okay, how how should I get there? Research air tickets or whatever it is. Airbnbs, you know, good places to stay, that sort of thing. And maybe also part of the long-term thing, because again, we've identified that all this stuff takes time. Maybe you got to save some money to pull this off. So, you know, out of your day job check, you start setting aside a certain amount for your fund, your art, your art research fund, your art gallery fund. And then you can feel like that's what that money's for. You're not pulling it out of something else. You're putting it aside for that. And all these steps, I mean, this, you know, it's complicated, but identifying those steps, really thinking, what is it I have to do to make this work? Um, and then, of course, the last thing is do it, <laughs> like implement your ideas, commit to following it. Um, being flexible, if you get a different idea, maybe you've looked at Chicago for a long time and you're thinking, I don't know, it's it doesn't seem quite as like what I want as another city, maybe Minneapolis, or I mean, I'm just speaking from as a Midwestern person, maybe Kansas City, um, and so on, or maybe one of the little galleries that are along the tourist areas on Lake Michigan. And all this stuff takes a lot of time, right, to figure it all out. But I think it's also really rewarding. I mean, if you've really gathered that much knowledge and you feel – I think you can feel good about going forward, much more so than if you just started at the beginning without really doing the homework and say, oh, I think I'll just go down to Chicago this weekend and see what I can dig up, you know. <laughs> so. It's a process. It's a long process. Um, well, and I think it's important to point out, too, that particularly in the example that you chose, um, it's it's a numbers game. And there's going to be hits and there's going to be misses. Yep. And you, you can't let yourself get discouraged by the misses. The rejection that you're going to face is just part of the process. And when it comes down to it, um, you know, you don't want to be represented by a gallery that is not interested or excited about your work. Absolutely. Um, yeah. You know, and so you need to view those misses as, you know, that was not a situation that was going to work to my benefit anyway. Right. So, and you, um, you, and, and you think back, well, to I was just going to say it's that you only need a few hits in order to, you know, get the ball rolling. So, right. And always keep those criteria that were important to you in mind. In this case, I mean, I just chose them things out of my own head, but it will further my art career. That's one of them, right? So, if you're talking to a gallery and they're like, well, we'll try out, we'll maybe we'll put you in a group show, but most of the time, frankly, your work is going to sit in the back room. I actually was told this in a Chicago gallery <laughs> years ago. Um, Actually, we probably aren't really going to show your work, but we'll we'll let it sit around for a little while. I didn't choose to go with that gallery. And I, I didn't have this whole process. I mean, might have been very useful, actually, in my head. But 
you know, instinctively, I knew this is not going to further my career. They don't really care. Like, this is probably going nowhere. So always having those kind of basic things that you need out of any situation in your head is really helpful. It's, again, you know, we talk a lot about intentions. We've talked about it in terms of your artwork before, and this is about intentions for what what you need and want in order to get to that goal of art income. And it's not pie. It's not like pie in the sky, like I'll take anything, you know. <laughs> it really should be things that you can work with over time and you feel really good about. So I think, you know, looking at any situation you encounter, as you said, don't get discouraged because there are definitely lots of situations out there that aren't right for you. And it, it is hard to kind of keep going when you encounter things that don't fit with, with what you want. Right. And I think that start to finish, it's super important to build up your confidence, to maintain a positive mindset, to maintain a winning mindset, um, and uh, to, to meet challenges um, head on, you know? Yeah. Um, and it, like that, just having a positive attitude is super important, start to finish throughout this whole process. It is. And I, I think another pitfall that people run into, especially in the age of social media, you look around and you say, wow, everybody's doing better than me. Every All these other artists are selling work. They're all in galleries. And I think it's important to remember this is a very individual process and it's about you and it's not about what other people are doing or where they're at and they happen to be in their own career. It's another way to get pretty discouraged. And you can ask people's advice. That's great. You know, how did you get into this gallery? Um, but actually judging yourself against somebody else's path is is really it's a killer i mean i know i've talked to people who just feel so discouraged by other people's success and you know i i know we we did a podcast about this early on to this kind of competition attitude instead uh try <laughs> hopefully to look at someone else's success as encouraging okay they did it right don't hate celebrate that's right <laughs> you know they did it and and i can do it as well, because they they have managed to work this out. And some people, in truth, start out with certain advantages that you may not have. Like, they may have more money to start out with, or they may have better connections or something. Uh, but, you know, not to dwell on that, because you you can do it. If you you know, your work needs to be there. That is a that is a ground that is the groundbreaking. I mean, that's the ground of all this. You have to have the work. If we're talking about this specific topic of making a living from your art, you have to have the good work. But again, this this whole process can be applied to anything. And maybe what you maybe your initial idea that you want to conquer and you want to solve the problem is that you feel inadequate or you feel jealous of other people. And this process can be applied to things that aren't necessarily as practical and, you know, easy to define as the example I just went through. But I think it's a good one. You know, and I think, I think when I read through these steps, I thought, well, I think, I think myself and probably a lot of people more or less intuitively do this stuff. But we all also encounter situations where, 
we're not getting anywhere. <laughs> you know, we're not coming up with the ideas. And so if you find yourself in that, I think this sort of step-by-step process could be really helpful. Well, do you have any final thoughts to wrap up this episode? Um, I think ask yourself what, what is, you know, start with that first step, number one. What is it that you want? What is your issue, your basic problem, your basic desire? And think about it and think about it in terms of these steps. And again, we'll put this particular website um, up along with the podcast so that you can look at it and think about these steps in terms of your own situation. Because I know it's a lot of information and and probably not something you're going to hold in your mind just from listening to this. So if it seems worth it to you, put some put some effort into it. Do you have the uh, the URL handy? Uh, can you maybe just like read it out? Uh, hang on one second here. Yeah, it uh, looks like just innovationmanagement.se. Okay. And that's that's the main website of this guy, Jeffrey Baumgartner. But then he has a page especially about what he calls CPS, Creative Problem Solving. And that's the page that I referenced All right. Well, that about wraps up this episode of The Messy Studio. You can find The Messy Studio on Facebook, as well as public profiles for both Rebecca Kroll and myself, Ross Tickner. Please make sure to check out squeegeepress.com, as well as www.rebeccacroll.com, and sign up for the email list to stay up to date on events, book signings, and openings. Please subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, or Stitcher, and leave us a rating and a review. Remember to share the show with friends and family and anyone who you think will enjoy it. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week with more art and entertainment. In the meantime, embrace your creative space, messy or otherwise. Thanks, everybody.